0: chapter 8. We're going to read verses 26 through 38. We'll go through and study those verses. You know we've declared that 2018 is the year of outreach and we've been preaching some messages from time to time on outreach and so today from studying the life of Philip I just want to give you some instructions on how to witness one-on-one. That's where most people come to know Christ is through a personal relationship with someone and a one-on-one encounter with them. In Acts chapter 7, we have the stoning of Stephen. When I was growing up, all of my buddies in Sunday school used to like to play Bible games and they said, oh, Let's play and you can be Stephen. (laughs) Never was very fun on my side, but they thought it was hilarious, you know. But this was the stoning of Stephen, and there was a young man there by the name of Saul of Tarsus. who It says that he was consenting to the stoning of Stephen. And then Saul started breathing out threatenings against the church. He started going into homes, he started arresting men and women that were believers and throwing them into prison. And those believers that were in Jerusalem, they were scattered everywhere in the region. It's interesting that it took persecution for the great commission to begin to be fulfilled. Jesus said, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth and preach the gospel. Acts chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, everything was concentrated in Jerusalem. And then this great persecution arose and they were scattered then into Judea, And Samaria. So Philip, as he left Jerusalem, went down to the city of Samaria, preaching the gospel to them, and a great revival broke out. Talks about multitudes of people that were saved and this wonderful revival. And the revival was so great that word got back to the church in Jerusalem, and the church in Jerusalem then sent Peter and John down to Samaria to check it out. And then what we're going to study in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 38, we have the account of Philip being sent to one man in the middle of the desert. And in this account, we'll see the attitudes that Philip possessed that allowed God to use him to go speak to this first person. The first thing I want us to see about Philip is he was sensitive to the voice of God, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, and this is desert. Desert. In the midst of revival, think about this, in the midst of Philip preaching the gospel, affecting an entire region with his ministry, God speaks to him and says, Leave it and go south to the desert. No reason was given, simply a command to go. And he was going to a desert place. Anybody can identify with that. God sent you to a desert place. I was talking to um, a superintendent of one of the schools some time back, and he said, I, "I need you to pray for this one employee that's coming." I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, I got an email from him going, "What should I expect in my travels?" So he wrote him, you know, all the usual stuff, and the guy wrote back, he said, no, I've never been on an airplane before. What should I expect in traveling overseas? He goes, he's never left his little community, and now he's coming to Kuwait to teach in our school. I think you need to pray for him. But here, Philip is told, go south. For Gaza, that's all, he, all the instructions he gave. And he heard. What we need is we need to ask God to tune our ear to his voice. I've used this illustration before. Kath and I have been married 43 and a half years now before I met her I didn't know her voice but now we could all be talking and she could call my name and I would detect her voice because for the last 43 years we spent a lot of time communicating together so I know her voice out of all of the other voices Moms, How many of you, out of a room of crying kids, can pick out yours? Yeah, there's just something about the mother's ear is attuned to the voice of that child. We need to be tuned to God's voice. And we need to ask God to tune our ears. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In one of the commentaries, it made this statement. To go from a city where Philip's hands had been full of work so far away on a desert road must be staggering to the faith of Philip, especially since he was not told why. Yet because of his faith, he is obedient to the call of God and he goes to the south. Something I want to notice from this scripture, that God didn't go to the big church in Jerusalem and call one of the apostles to go south. There was something about Philip that God said, this is the man that I need. Think about this. Philip was an expat. I said, Philip was an expat. Anybody relate to that? Any expats here? We've, you know, we've got some Kuwaitis that come from time to time, but the majority of us are expats. Not only an expat, but he was a refugee. But he still found that God could use him where he was he fled from the persecution in Jerusalem he ended up in Samaria and what did he do he preached the gospel where he was as an expat refugee and God brought revival where do you find yourself today as an expat in Kuwait the way God used Philip God can use you In this place. The other thing, Philip was not only sensitive to the voice of God, but second, Philip was willing to obey the voice of God. Verse 27 says So he arose and went. Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake the chariot. Philip didn't give any excuses. He simply packed up and went. I had to examine my heart when I was preparing for this. In the midst of a great revival and all of this activity and all the miracles that are happening and the people that are getting saved, I may have had the tendency to say, you know, God, can't you send somebody else? This is really nice and fun and this is great. Why, you know, why do I want to leave all of this and go down to the desert? But Philip was sensitive to God's voice and he simply obeyed what God said told him to do and then when he arrived when he got there he found out the assignment it was this Ethiopian eunuch and then Philip was the one that made contact if you want to reach people one-on-one you have to be sensitive to God's voice when he tells you to speak to someone or to go You have to be willing to obey, and you must be willing to make contact with that person. And this was a total stranger. This was what we would call a cold call evangelism outreach. Verse 30 to 33. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you were reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. So Philip approaches this Ethiopian eunuch and he takes what this man is doing and he uses it as the opening to start the conversation. Now it seems like this guy was reading the scroll of Isaiah out loud. Some people speculate that he was reading to his chariot driver, his charioteer. I don't know, but anyway, Philip heard him reading the Bible and knew that he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah. And so he used that to start the conversation. He did not go in with his gospel guns blazing and just blast him and said, You know, you're a sinner going to hell. You need to repent. Turn or burn. No, he said, Hey, sir, do you understand what you're reading? God uses people to touch other people. Here in Acts chapter 8, this man is reading the word of God and it takes a man to explain it to him. Acts chapter 9, Jesus appears to Saul of Tarsus on the road but he sends him into the city and says, a man will tell you what to do. And then in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius has an angel appear to him and says, send for Peter and he will tell you what to do. Now, can people get saved just from reading the word of God? Absolutely. Have people been saved from Jesus appearing to them? Yes, they have. Have people come to know Christ from angelic appearances? Yes, we pray for that every year during Ramadan for Jesus to appear to people. But those are the exceptions. The normal rule is God uses people to reach other people. God wants to use me to reach people. God wants to use you to reach people. It doesn't matter where you are, how old you are, What your station in life is, God wants to use you to reach other people. And then the next thing we see about Philip is he was prepared to share Jesus. Verse 34 and 35. So the eunuch answered Peter and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, Preached unto him Jesus. Philip kept it simple by simply sharing the word of God. Don't make it complicated. This is some graffiti that was written on the wall of a famous theological seminary. And it goes like this. Jesus asked the theologians, Who? Do you say that I am? And they replied, Jesus, you are the eschatological manifestation of the ground of being, the kergma in which the ultimate meaning of our interpersonal relationship and the ontological foundation of the context of our very selfhood is revealed. And Jesus goes, Who? See, sometimes we make the gospel too complicated it's very simple we're all sinners Jesus died that we can all be forgiven very simple so don't make it complicated but I want to challenge you he started at that scripture and preached unto him Jesus Jesus In my homiletics class in Bible college, our professor took these obscure scriptures and he'd put them on a piece of paper and he dropped them in a hat. And then the hat passed around the classroom and we had to pull out a scripture out of that hat. And then we had 10 minutes to put together a gospel message based on that obscure scripture. And uh, it was a good exercise, but what it did was it taught me is we have to know this book if we're going to share it with people. Now, you don't have to have a Ph.D. in theology, and you don't even have to have gone to Bible college. But you do have to read it, and you do have to know it, and you have to put it in your heart so that you can share it. Because the Scripture says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Philip was prepared to share Jesus from the scripture. Are you? And then Philip confirmed this Ethiopian eunuch's faith. In Acts chapter 8 verses 34 and 35, it says, So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself? are of some other man. Oh, sorry. 36 and 37. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip says, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Immediately, this... Guy gave his heart to the Lord as he heard the explanation for Philip. And Philip must have talked about baptism and things because he says, here's water, let me be baptized. And Philip asks him some questions just to see if his faith is solid. Think one chapter back. During the revival, there was the sorcerer, named Simon, who also believed and was baptized, but then he tried to buy the power of the Holy Spirit when the apostles came from Jerusalem. So maybe Philip is going, well, let's see. You know, Simon, he said he believed, he was baptized, and he didn't turn out too good. So let me check and make sure that this guy's faith is solid. And he was ready to baptize him immediately, 38. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Philip didn't make him go through a six-week baptism class. He did check to make sure that his faith was solid. But he baptized him immediately. One of the churches we used to work with, we would have people come to the altar and give their hearts to Christ, and we'd sit down for about 10 or 15 minutes and share with them what baptism meant, and then go straight to the baptismal tank and baptize them. Now, we had some people that got baptized three or four times. You know, that's okay. Sometimes it doesn't take maybe the first time, but. Baptism doesn't do anything for you. Let me tell you. Can I just get that in the open? Water baptism isn't your salvation. Water baptism is simply an outward sign of something that has already happened in the spirit. Any of you take a bath this morning? Hopefully. Were you baptized this morning? Well, I mean, that's the word. It just means to be put under the water. But it's like the table. It's a symbol of something that has happened. Water baptism is a symbol of a declaration to the world that you have died with Christ, you have been buried with Christ, and you have risen in new life with christ and we do it as a public declaration of what christ has done inside of us so if any of you have never been baptized and you would like to be or some of you parents you have kids that are wanting to get baptized let us know and we will make arrangements to do that but philip was ready to baptize this guy Larkin in his commentary on the book of Acts brings out that up until chapter 6 or th- everything had been happening happened in Jerusalem. And then in chapter 8 verses 4 through 25 the gospel is then taken to Judea and Samaria. And now with this call to Philip in Acts 26 through 40 the Great commission is finally taken to the ends of the earth. Being an African missionary, I thought it was great that the first Gentile that was reached was an African. And the gospel went from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, directly to Africa to this Ethiopian. I've spent time in Ethiopia and there are churches there that say they can direct or link the establishment of their church all the way back to this Ethiopian bringing the gospel to Ethiopia. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they claim. It's pretty cool, you know. The gospel being fulfilled. Let me just ask you a few questions to ponder on today and then I've got a little video I want to pray or to show and then have some prayer time. So just think about these. Don't raise your hand. Don't answer out loud, but contemplate in your heart. Is your ear tuned to the voice of God? Or is your ear more tuned... To the voice of self or sometimes our ear is tuned to the voice of the world and hopefully none of us have an ear tuned to the voice of Satan but we need to ask God what do I need to do to be able to hear your voice better And the only way to learn someone's voice better is to spend time with them. And then if your ear is tuned to God, this is the kicker, or this is the harder one. How quick are you to obey the voice of God? As I was studying this passage and thinking about it, and I saw how quick Philip was to obey, it says that it's almost like immediately he packed up and left. And then I think of Jonah. Here's the word of God, and does what? Goes the opposite direction from what God is sending him. And I had to examine my life, and... You know, confession is good for the heart. (laughs) And I'll have to confess to you that over the last 40-something years of ministry, I have followed the way of Jonah sometimes and not always followed the way of Philip. Because to be honest with you, God told me to go witness to some people and I just didn't want to share heaven with them. Y'all are looking at me like I'm the only one on the face of the earth that has people that you really don't want to see saved. And God had to really touch my heart and convict me that he died for everyone. doesn't matter what they've done to me. It doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter the color of their skin or who they are. God has died for the whole world. And we need to be like Philip. And when God speaks to us to go somewhere to share the gospel, we go. Not like Jonah, who goes the opposite way, because Jonah didn't want those people in Nineveh to be saved. If you have trouble obeying God, what are some of the challenges that you face What are some of the things that keep you from stepping out immediately and obeying the Lord? Here's one. If I put you in front right now of an unbeliever and said share the gospel with them, what would you tell them? Do you know enough of the word to share the good news with them? If not, how can you prepare yourself to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you? That's a command of Scripture. That we are always to be prepared to give an answer for the hope of Christ Jesus. And do you ask God to give you open doors to share Jesus? Every believer, we should be doing this daily. Every day, we should be asking God... Open a door today for me to be able to share the good news with others. And if not, I ask you to start asking God to open these doors. Let me pray for you. Father, we come to you and we just thank you for your word. Because, Father, your word is alive. Father, I thank you that you have called each one of us to share the good news. You've told every believer to do the work of an evangelist. Father, we thank you that you have equipped us with your spirit to share the good news of Jesus, to share our testimony of how we were enemies of God, but then one day Jesus came into our lives and changed everything. Father, help us to study your word and to get it down in our hearts to where out of the abundance of our heart your word would come forth as we have an opportunity to share the gospel with others. Father, help us to be like Philip and to immediately obey you when you lead us and guide us. Father, help us not to be like Jonah and turn away from what you've called us to do. Father, we thank you right now for touching every person in this room. Father, open doors of opportunity at the places where we work, at the places where we shop, in the taxis that we ride in. Father, just chance encounters with people on the street, let us be able to give an answer for the hope that is within us. Because, Father, who knows, one of us may be speaking to someone As influential as this Ethiopian eunuch that took the gospel back to his nation. Father, I thank you, think of the woman at the well that met Jesus and went back, and the whole city came out to see Jesus because of her witness. Father, I come against fear and intimidation that would keep us from opening our mouths. Father, I ask that you would give us courage and strength to be a witness for Christ. Because, Father, your word says if we don't talk about Christ, then he will not talk to the Father about us. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for doing a great work in our hearts today. And help us to take this message and to apply it in our life, in Jesus' name, amen.